welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so others can find the show too. My guest today is Savannah Phipps. Savannah is a Washington native growing up an hour south of Seattle in the small town of DuPont. She went on to receive her bachelor's degree in plant science at Montana State University before returning to Washington to become a master's student in the crop and soil sciences department here at WSU. Savannah has been studying genetics for snow mold tolerance in a winter wheat land race known as PI173438 for the WSU Winter Wheat Breeding Program under the supervision of Dr. Aaron Carter. Hello, Savannah. Hi, Drew. So for our listeners who might not be familiar with snow mold, can you tell us a little bit about snow mold and how it affects wheat? Yeah, sure. So snow mold's a pretty generic term. It describes um, a bunch of diseases that occur all over the globe, and they're caused by a variety of fungi and fungal-like organisms, and they tend to proliferate under the cover of snow, hence the name. You know, we biologists are very creative. Uh, And these snow molds, uh, particularly in Washington, for the cereals, they tend to attack the leaves and the roots of our plants. And if they get bad enough, they'll infect the crowns and ultimately cause the entire plant to die. So they can be pretty severe for um, some of the growers in our state. Particularly, I assume, the ones further north where we tend to have a fair bit of snow, like what, Douglas County and right. uh, Adams, maybe? Yeah. Um, Douglas County in particular is tends to be chronically affected by snow mold and in certain areas of Okanagan County as well. Okay. So why are you studying snow mold tolerance genetics in this uh, PI173438 specifically? Yeah. Uh, in the early days of studying for snow mold tolerance, they decided to look at um, a variety of land races from across the globe from the USDA World Cereal Collection. And of the 10,000 plants that they initially assessed in the 60s, about 15 of them actually had any um, snowmobile tolerance. And of those 15, PI173438 was one of them. And so in my research, we were looking at assessing PI173438 further in hopes that if there were major genes associated, maybe we could incorporate these genes into our varieties moving forward. Okay, maybe you could, you could explain for our listeners what a land race is versus, say, a cultivar. For sure. So land race tends to be a historically uh, adapted variety for a region. They tend to not be um, actively uh, bred for. So it's more um, based around natural selection. And these land races we can think of um, like heirloom tomatoes as a really good uh, analogy in that instance. Okay, very good. So uh, what have you found out about the genetics of PI173438? So my studies thus far have indicated that um, PI173438 has about six genes associated both with snow mold tolerance and snow mold recovery. So we didn't find the two or three genes that we thought we might be looking for in this variety since it had such high snow mold tolerance. Um, and with those six genes, you know, we're hoping maybe uh, moving forward that they can be useful in our program. Okay. So what's what's the next move now that you know about this uh, land race? 
I had uh, taken those six genes and developed markers to hopefully assess for them in um, related populations to see if we could track them. And those efforts uh, proved to be quite challenging um, since each of those genes ended up having relatively small effects. We weren't able to track them as well as we had hoped. Um, so using more advanced technologies don't seem to be uh, as um, promising at the moment. And it seems we might have to continue using phenotypic selection as we have been using for the last several decades. Well, what does that entail, phenotypic selection? Is that just going out to the field and seeing what, what survives snow mold after a bad winter? Or Yeah, it's basically we go out to the field right after snow melts and seeing, oh, that one lives and that one died. And um, obviously with the ones that lives, we, we want to move those forward in our program. Okay. So how important is it to diversify the genetics of our cultivars to snow mold tolerance? That is an excellent question. Um, with the, the goal of diversifying your program, um, it's, it's something we'd like to do. However, snow mold tolerance is not um, a gene-for-gene gene sort of interaction that we see in stripe rust where we have one gene that seems to match a certain race. Um, snow mold generally is a more uh, general pathogen. It affects a variety of other plants aside from cereals. So diversifying is not going to be the end of the world if we can't do it right over the way, though um, with climate change and uh, other challenges moving forward, it's never um, it's never too bad to be too safe, you know? Okay. So um, I've also heard it said that um, part of the tolerance to snow mold is just a variety's ability to re start regrowing in the spring when good conditions come so that um, maybe that's part of the, the answer as well. So it may not just be these genes, but varieties that maybe um, recover from winter injury or being buried under snow for a month and get going fast. Is that um, possible? Right. It's something we're certainly looking for and um, definitely a big factor when we are making these infield selections is we definitely want those um, plants that regrow quite quickly. Uh, if they don't regrow quickly, we tend to have a longer season and that's not um, always viable for growers in their growing season because if they grow longer um, and they're not going to head, if they're not heading as quickly as we imagine that they would be heading, um, then the, that throws off their planting times and their harvesting times. Okay. I don't imagine there's a lot of places in the country that study snow mold or have problems with snow mold. Is this kind of a unique problem to Washington or are there other parts of the, of the U.S. that that uh, researchers are working on this problem? For cereals, it's definitely a major issue in the Pacific Northwest. It's also problematic for turf grasses. So uh -huh. a lot of um, the central and northeast states do study snow mold for um, turf grass management. All right. So you're uh, wrapping up your uh, master's program on snow mold. What's next for you? I will be moving forward and studying um, as a doctoral student at Oregon State University, I'll be in the botany and the plant pathology program there, uh, studying nematology and working with the caneberry breeder there as well. Well, very good luck to you in that pursuit, and thank you for your work on snow mold here at Washington State University. Yeah, thank you, Drew. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear in future episodes, please email me 
at drew.lyon. That's L-Y-O-N at W-S-U dot E-D-U. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are their own and does not imply Washington State University's endorsement.